0: I'm Luka Doncic, and this is Lockdown Mavericks Podcast. Hey, Dowry, the Mavericks are NBA champions. Bang! Bang! It's good! And the Mavericks have won the game! Thank you, This
1: could be the start of something new. Hey, shut up.
0: Hey. Welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead. And joining me, as always, my co-host, contributor at Mavs.com. The newsy newsy. The one more thinking. What you got for me, Isaac Harris?
1: Oh, man. We have so much stuff to talk about. But hats off to Steven Silas. Way to go, man. Remarkable year in Dallas. Yes. You helped Dallas reach the... I should look this up highest offensive efficiency ever. Yeah. Um he was the offensive, offensive coordinator. Yeah. So uh yeah he was the yeah if y'all didn't know that Steven Silas is kinda if you want to put him in these lanes which they you know they cross over all the time but uh Steven was in uh the offensive lane as mostly as more of a defensive guy but Yeah, hats off to Silas, and we're happy for him. I mean, I'm happy for him that he gets a head coaching job. I hate that it's Houston because I think it's just set up. But, um, yeah, hate to see one of your guys go, especially well-respected from all the players. Luca, everybody uh, just really respected and and liked this guy. And Rick had some things to say about him uh, through Tim McMahon's Twitter. So, good luck. Good luck to Steven Silas personally. No luck to the Rockets, though. (laughs) Yeah, if you haven't learned,
0: uh, Rockets' assistant, Mavericks' assistant coach, Stephen Silas, has now been hired to be the head coach of the Houston Rockets. This news came out almost the same time as Daryl Morey is going to Philadelphia to take over as their basketball, you know, president of basketball operations. I guess he's over Elton Brand now, which is kind of interesting. So, yeah, all kinds of moves being made. That move is being made. All kinds of talks about when the season will start. It seems like the NBA and the Players Association are on two different sides on this, so we'll talk about that. We'll also talk about what the salary cap is supposed to look like. Uh, there's a number that the salary cap was supposed to be this year if they had gone the normal route with the the you know the normal formula in a normal year, and uh, that number may shock you if you don't know what it is already. And then we're going to get into a mock draft KOC of the ringer. Put out a mock draft, and we'll see who the Mavericks got in that mock draft. We'll talk about that in the third segment. But before we do, today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. All right, Isaac, let's get into the most important piece of news that came out yesterday.
1: I'm ready for it. What's the most important piece of news yesterday? Our eyes and ears out
0: there searching always to try and find the new jersey that the mavericks will wear next year and they may have found it we posted it on the lockdown mavs twitter account we have no inside information as to if this jersey is the real alternate jersey for next year no clue at all neither of us have no inside info on this however it's gold the jersey is gold i thought it was black and blue what did you think about this? Uh, you can find it on Lockdown Mavs. We posted it, but what did well, you think about this jersey? Bit,
1: the blue is a little bit lighter than Mavericks blue, and it's not blue. I thought it was blue and black. It's not blue. It's no, it's gold and white. It's very gold and white. <laughs> um, it is also I mean, not a dress. <laughs> now, here, here's the thing I told Nick. You know what we've talked about? Gosh, we've been doing this pod for a handful of years now. Um And the past like city jerseys, the past couple of city jerseys, um you know, I've I've known about them and I've seen them like before. And so I've had to like dance around the question and like, oh, OK, yeah, let's just wait until we see them. <laughs> this one, I honestly don't. I didn't have any clue about this one. I hadn't just with Corona stuff. I hadn't talked to anybody about these jerseys. So this was a surprise to me, uh like everybody else, when I saw it on Twitter. And I mean, I don't mind them. I mean, anything's okay. The only way you can go is up, right? I mean, (laughs) so I'm glad you can finally admit this. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I I don't think it was a past
0: jurisdiction uh, now. (laughs) Yeah. So the the jerseys have their white jerseys. Dallas is written in gold with the numbers and the Nike symbol in gray outlined with gold. And then there's like a collar that's gold as well. They're, they're very interesting. They're very like Hercules to me is what they look like. like Greek.
1: Yeah, I, actually, I actually like them a lot. I like gold a lot on uniforms and jerseys. It looks kind of Saints uh, kind of vibe yeah, to Yeah, a little it. bit, yeah. But like no, I want to see what the jerseys look. I mean, I want to see what the shorts look like in the full like jersey reveal. But as far as just what we've seen, everybody's seen on Twitter, I actually do like it.
0: Yeah, uh, this could be completely fake, but this is, you know, speculation, completely speculating. You know, we'll do the Desus and Merrill, allegedly, allegedly, we'll do the little sprinkles, allegedly, allegedly, this is, could be the jersey. So, all right. Uh, so Steven Silas gets hired by the Rockets. Dallas now has to find a new offensive coordinator, I guess, or they hire somebody else. Uh, any thoughts on Steven Silas getting hired by the Rockets? I mean, all the, all the power to him. However, lose as many games as possible, Steven. We hope that your record is not very good. We hope you do well, but your record isn't good in Houston.
1: Okay, let me ask you this. Who do you think would have cost more? Him or Van Gundy? Oh, come on. <laughs> come on. All all respect to Steven Silas. Van Gundy's asking for a number. <laughs> for sure. Um no, I'm I'm super happy for him. When you look at and you just break it all down what we kind of said at the very beginning, it makes it makes total sense from a basketball offensive standpoint, if you're looking around the league and you're the Rockets and you say, all right, we want an offensive minded coach that knows how to maximize like our team. Did anybody in around the league do anything similar? Does yeah. anybody have a James it was really Harden, successful. Like, similar player <laughs> around the league? And bam, here we go. Uh, Steven Silas who helped, you know, create and run this offense in Dallas that set historical numbers. So, um yeah, I'm super happy for him. The son of Paul Silas and everybody it's like everywhere he goes, everybody just praises him so much. How nice of a guy he is from Charlotte, Dallas. You know, he's been some other places too. So I'm happy for him. I just hate it for the situation because That's unless tough. they go unless they go full rebuild. It's so tough for these guys; their first jobs. Like he served as an interim head coach before, but like it, I just hate it sometimes for these first-time head coach guys to get jobs like this, to where you're expected not just to make the playoffs. Like your your expectation if they bring everyone back in Houston next year is, yeah, it's it's impossible, and it's kind of dumb. So it's kind of set up for four years from now, and you're you're hitting, you know. I don't know, you're getting close to, you know, three years from now and it's James Harden he's doing one-on-one deals or something. And it's like, it, I'm just afraid it's setting up for to meet unrealistic expectations and then Silas is going to be the fall, fall you know, cause there. And so I, I just hate it for his situation. I'm happy for him that he gets this shot for a head coaching gig, though. You
0: mentioned that he's the son of Paul Silas, former NBA coach. Uh, there's now four sons of NBA coaches in the NBA. Uh, Can you name them? No, no. JB Bickerstaff from Cleveland. Mike Malone. Oh, I should know him. Mike Malone, his dad, was a coach. He's in Denver. And then Ryan Saunders, whose dad was Flip Saunders in uh, Minnesota. There's four of them now. So. Oh, yeah, I should know that. I think that was from uh, Dave McMenamin or uh, Howard, Beck, Howard Beck tweeted that. But, yeah, I thought that was really interesting. Uh, yeah, now Bernie,
1: Bernie – well, anyway, uh, this is random. No, Bernie Bickerstaff came, walked into a game with me one time, and it was the game I took my dad to – it was this whole big thing. My dad's like, what in Bernie Bickerstaff? And my dad taught to him is this whole like they knew somebody. They had like a, a common friend. So it was like. Kind of, oh, interesting. Anyway, keep going. He, your dad was like, I hope I see somebody that I know that
0: knows this person.
1: <laughs> and he did. <laughs> exactly,
0: <laughs> And he did. All right, coming up, let's get into Daryl Morey in Philly, the NBA season start, and then the salary cap, all kinds of stuff to talk about that coming up. But before we do, rockauto.com is the place to get the parts that you need for your car. With the ever increasing number of makes, models, all different types of cars, uh, there's now a Hummer that's fully electric. That's kinda nuts out there just driving around. That looks pretty cool. Somewhere, it does look pretty cool, I'm sure. On rockauto.com, when that car comes out, they will have parts for it. It's a family business serving auto parts to customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com, shop for auto, and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet for your car. And best of all, wow. prices at Rock Auto are always reliably low. The same for professionals and do it yourselfers. Why spend up twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now, see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so that they know that we sent you. Again, write in Locked On. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com
1: so something with the uh, Silas thing before we hit Maury and going to Philly this obviously opens up a seat in Dallas and they could obviously move somebody up the bench but I mean Dirk did get asked Mm. by Nash to go to Brooklyn, and he's like, no, nah, it's not the time. No, Dirk's not the name I'm looking at uh, because I still think Dirk is just going to enjoy his time and stay away from the game for a little bit. But If you
0: look at Steve Nash's trajectory, it took him five years after he retired to, to come back and like actually coach. So I think Dirk's going to be on a similar path.
1: Yeah, but there is a name out there that we know wants to get into coaching. We know Dallas wants him as an assistant coach. But we don't know if he wants to be a coach right now because he might want to keep on playing. That's JJ Berea. And I, I seen them. Uh, I seen a, um, Brad Townsend tonight shoot out a tweet to him and he threw out the idea of a player coach. And then JJ Berea quote tweeted just a little bit before he recorded and did like the the arm flexing emoji, uh, <laughs> muscle emoji. And I'm like, that would be really cool, right? If they like hired him as like a player coach, but. I just don't know how much. So anyway, here's, I don't know. Here's I think a, Dallas would want it more than JJ.
0: Yeah, here's here's the JJ Berea side of this. Can I get paid like a player and be a coach at the same time? Is that possible? Can I do that? That that's very true, right? And that's I, where
1: that's coming from. <laughs> and that Silas spot on the bench, like there are there is like hierarchy when it comes to like assistant coaches. And there's a there's a front
0: is, bench and then there's a behind the bench bench.
1: Exactly. So there is a move up type of process and is JJ ready right now to jump right there as like a lead assistant? Like I think even somebody like Duncan didn't start off as like a lead assistant. Like some of these guys, which JJ has prior coaching experience, Puerto Rico stuff. Mm -hmm. And, but anyway, that's just, that's a name that we're obviously all watching as Mavs fans. Like if he does retire, if they do convince him, can he just be the natural replacement to that? That'd be a really cool story. But that, yeah, they could just go searching for somebody else, but there you go.
0: All right, so Daryl Morey goes to Philly now. So, all of a sudden, all the their 6'10 guys are going to get traded. Ben Simmons out, Joel Embiid out, uh, Tobias Harris out, Al Horford out. Good, right? all those, good luck, Al Horford. All those guys are going to be gone now. Do we think that Morey is going to try to shake it all up in Philly?
1: My gut says he, he wants to try it first. And just say like I almost if I was him I would just see it as a challenge of saying all right the pe- previous people couldn't make this fit work so let me let me take a shot at it me and Doc together like all of this stuff ultimately I want to say no I want to say that they uh, he's going to shake it up at some point like before the next trade deadline whatever it is and then I'm just I'm just intrigued with what he wants to do I've I've thrown this out there so many different times on Twitter the Ben Simmons for James Harden swap is just something I would just personally love <laughs> to see. I think it would be super fun. And I think if you're Houston, you entertain it because at this point, like this is the highest James Harden's trade value will ever be. Probably from here on out, it's probably going to go down. Yeah. And when, you know, yeah, you could probably get a star later on, but it's like, if you can get the asset and Ben Simmons, you kind of start the rebuild a little bit. And then if you're Philly, you What about the fit with James Harden and Joel Embiid in the East? I mean, that would be a fun Eastern Conference Finals between them and Brooklyn. And So anyway, I I just think it would be a lot of fun. And obviously, more going to Philly, that just fuels this fun fake trade for me too. So... I don't know. What do you think? Do you think they he splits it up, or is he give it a chance, or I don't see. I think that
0: Daryl Morey, in the same vein as Sam hinkey right? A lot of people attribute Sam hinkey to, oh, he's the tank guy. If you want a tank, get Sam Hinkie. It's like, no, Sam hinkey looked around, like you know, like uh, John Travolta in that GIF. He looked around and was like, "There's nobody here. Like, there's nobody worth building around here. So let's try to get a guy to build around it as best we can." Maury, in, in a similar vein, looked and said, Okay, we can get James, we got to get a star somehow, right? I have Yao Ming and Trace McGrady, and then they you know, got injured so much that we had to move on from that. They didn't want to tank, so they were like, We're going to stay around 500 and try to get a star somehow. We're just going to accumulate assets, try to get a star. They got a star, and then they tried to maximize everything around him as best they could. So they got all these shooters to give him space to drive and operate. They, you know, thought they needed a pick and roll partner. Then they're like, we don't even need that. So then <laughs> they got rid of that. They needed a bunch of dudes that could switch on defense to cover for him. And so they decided to do that. And uh, now he has Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons. So it's kind of like, which one does he choose? Does he choose one of them, or does he know a better way to? You know, work with those two. I think it's still the best option for both those guys is to play with four shooters around them because neither of them are real shooters, yeah. right? Embiid at least takes threes, which is wild that their center takes more threes than their point guard does. But at least he takes them, not super good at them, but he still need you still need to have four shooters around both of them. And so unless they yeah. can figure out a way to get enough of those guys, you know, I just don't think that it's going to work long term. I think he probably knows that and. Who knows, man? Daryl Morey makes some bold moves. He signed a five-year deal. He's got some confidence behind him, and so.
1: And the thing would you, it... Would you do
0: Embiid for Harden, like the other way around?
1: Um. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, right. sure. Morey just bring Thanks. Harden
0: with him wherever he goes.
1: Yeah, I mean, I yeah, I think if you're, um, that yeah, that's the thing. I understand the concept of making it work with the players that you have. But we also know that Maury is a huge math guy, too. Yeah. And I'm not saying that he's just going to go there and just have to create Houston all over again, but I don't think he's going to go there and just throw all this math out, out of his out yeah, the back right. door, too. So I think it's still going to, yeah, I think they got to figure it out at some point. I personally would build around Bill uh, Bill Simmons. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> Woo, That's that what going. Spotify
1: did, right? <laughs> That's what The Ringer did. Um <laughs> But no, I I would personally build around Simmons and I would look at this Milwaukee thing with Giannis is that I, I'm still a believer in Ben Simmons and the right system. Like, that's the thing. I think he can be a really good player if you build around him like Milwaukee did something with Sim, with Milwaukee and Milwaukee deal with, you know, I'm just, I give up. I'm not talking <laughs> There's sometimes you just can't make a deal
0: for a star like that, right? And so you have to make good, make, you know, make good with what you have. And so he has Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons now. So. He has to figure out how to make, you know, them them work and maximize them. His the whole analytics thing is just finding the best shots on the floor, and it's in the yeah. paint and it's threes, right? If you take lo- if you take mid range, you're basically giving up a point every time.
1: Especially what if, if, what, if he, what if he turns Ben Simmons into like a thirty six percent three point shooter? Be nuts. <laughs> be absolutely he shoots nuts. like five or six a game, and we're like, what is happening? The thing is,
0: though, this is the same guy that allowed Russell Westbrook to just take like 10 threes a game. So okay, that's true. You know what I mean? <laughs> go against you too but unless you're super efficient in the mid-range which neither of those guys are then you know there's no reason to take those shots so he has to figure out how to do that that's why I say he needs four shooters around either of them because that's how you maximize to get those shots that Maury wants I don't know yeah. it'd be really interesting to see does he just come in and like make a huge bold move first year probably not but that team is also very flawed we've talked about it all off season.
1: Yeah, and they're so limited with what they can do. I mean, we know about the Horford contract, and which isn't as bad as what people make it out to seem, because that last year is non guaranteed, so it's basically like you know a couple years. Yeah, Tobias Harris is five, you know, like five more years. But what worse than we goes, make it seem. <laughs> <laughs> true. What what makes the trade market so intriguing for them is the fact that Embiid and Ben Simmons are under contract for so long. So who, whoever, like Ben Simmons is an incredible trade asset because, I mean, his extension hasn't even started. And that's five yeah, years. Right. So then, I mean, Embiid's under contract for another three years. So whoever's trading for them, you're not worrying about free agency for a while with either of them. So you should be able to get like maximum amount of value on either one of the guys if you want to split it up. So, yeah, it'll be fun. Uh,
0: a couple of newsy notes here. The uh, the NBA start. Uh it seems like the NBA. We've talked about this a couple of days ago. They want to begin around December 22nd. The NBA, the league office does, and they want to maximize revenue. They think that if uh, they start in December instead of January, they'll get 500 million dollars. <laughs> you know, and and so they'll lose 500 million dollars if they start in January. Players, it seems, on the players' association side, want to start later in January. You know, Danny Green mentioned that you know him and LeBron would probably miss the whole first month of the season if it started in December. Which if you look at, you know, I saw somebody post that teams that got knocked out in the second round, like the Clippers, they've been out for three and a half months already. You know, like yeah. the normal off season is four months. So it's basically been a normal off season for them. And uh, so it's just the teams that went to the conference finals. It's just like Denver, the Lakers, the Heat and the um, the
1: Celtics, really. Those are the only teams that maybe need a little bit more rest. Well, I mean, they have a very loud voice on one of those teams that I mean I mean and I'm not but, it's but not even a, it, I think Jared Dudley would like a, be okay
0: with starting the season early though.
1: <laughs> it's not I'm not even saying as a slight like LeBron is the biggest voice in the NBA. Like for that's sure. no brainer. So when you have if you have somebody like LeBron that's like, hey, this is dumb. Like okay, you want to come back for Christmas? Well guess he's not gonna guess where I'm gonna be on Christmas. I'm gonna be on Christmas morning in my bed, waking up with my kids and all that because I haven't been there. Yeah for the <laughs> first time in forever very long. Yeah. So, anyway, that that's I'm so intrigued how this is going to play out. As soon as these dates, can, you know, came out, we're like, "Wow, this is crazy. This is so fast." And we're just fans. Um, the players right. are saying the same thing. And yeah, I'm just really intrigued. We know all the teams who didn't go to the bubble, like the Hawks. They're ready to get back, get back playing basketball. And so for them, they're super excited about it. Like you said, even for teams like Washington who went to the bubble but wasn't there very long, I mean, I think you know they're probably ready to get back at it too. So, what? Did you- it has to happen before Friday. We have to know something by Friday the thirtieth of when this is all going to go down. But even even right when we hit record, you know, I saw a Shams tweet come out with you know Michelle Roberts quote and I'm like. Basically what we've all expected is like hey this is this is crazy like how how fast they all, they want to make this happen so I'm really intrigued with what they land on I think um I'm running a blank on what his name he's a, a Chris Haynes. Chris Haynes tweeted out today that the you know some of the players and star players are shooting for MLK day. Yeah, substantial
0: faction of players and star players pushing for NBA season to start January 18th. That's Martin Luther King Jr. Day with free agency commencement of December 1st. What a flex, what a dad flex that would be for LeBron to get the NBA to start later so he could have Christmas with his kids, right? I will make this multi-billion corporation lose $500 million just to be with you kids on Christmas.
1: But the big thing about that is (laughs) if you start it later in January, then you're going to push it back, and for them... It's all about maximizing this revenue with TV and viewership and all this stuff. And if you push it back, then you're competing with Tokyo Olympics. If it happens, if the Olympics happen, then you're pushing it back into the fall and the whole thing with fall sports and football and all this different stuff. So... That I'm I'm really I'm just really curious on where this is going to land in the next 24 to 48 hours. They don't want to go into August again.
0: TV viewership no. overall is just way down in August. People, people aren't, aren't watching TV in, in August, but they are in January because <laughs> a bunch yeah. of people are stuck inside. And they are all of the summer. And in December. Uh, all right, let's talk a little bit more about that. We'll touch on the start. There's a couple more points I want to make, and then we'll get into the mock draft and talk about who the Mavericks got in the mock draft. All right, Isaac. Let's get into a little bit more about this NBA season start. Kevin O'Connor tweeted that the NBA held a call this afternoon. That was on Wednesday, uh, with team GMs, presidents to detail the plan for a 72-game season to begin December 22nd. This is what the, you know, uh, this is what the league wants to end before the Olympics in July. So that would be huge for them. The league intends to schedule in a way that reduces travel by 25 percent with teams playing MLB-style series. I love this idea. Ooh, I love this fun. idea just in general, just to have, all right, coming up, we're going to have, you know, all three games that the Mavericks are going to play against the Rockets in a row, right? <laughs> you know, or yeah. all four games or whatever. You do two and two, the home and homes. I, I think that that would just be real fun to have because it's like mini playoff series within the season. I just think that, that would be really fun. And it reduces what? travel, which which helps a lot. Apparently that made this, this playoffs easier than any other playoffs before because they didn't have to exactly. take so many plane rides.
1: Nick, Made fun of me for making this point for so long about how big of a deal it was for them not to travel in while they were in the bubble. And this is still an ongoing thing. It's something that they're really looking at. Yeah, but you put yeah. an
0: asterisk. No, the thing is, you just put an asterisk next to it. You're like, oh, because they didn't travel, this title shouldn't count. And I'm like. Because it made it easier. Who? It made it, it easier for it easier. everyone.
1: i I'm not comparing. I'm not saying one team benefited. I'm saying this title was easier to win compared to past titles. We're not gonna go. We've down had this, all this argument again. even before the Lakers I won. I just want. I just want to make that clear. Yes, we we did for sure. Here's what I'm thinking about when it comes to the series aspect of it. You know what makes it fun, and you kind of get this in baseball, except yeah, whatever. If like the TJ Warren and Jimmy Butler thing happened, yeah. And then we're like, well, look at this calendar. Let's look. Do they play each other yeah, again for another three months? This time months. it could happen. and You're like, yeah, tomorrow night we're back here yeah. in the same arena. That stuff is like super fun to where, yeah, you can you're gonna play each other. It's just, I'm really curious on how they're gonna pull this off of you know teams and. Are we going to does this mean that we're going to play the Rockets 15 times? I mean, because they're right down the road. I'm hoping. No, not, I think
0: that, so. They will reduce travel by 25 percent by doing that, doing just what MLB does, where they play all the games you're going to play against that team. You play them all at once. So you don't have to travel. So you, yeah, you play the Rockets. About you play the Rockets four times like, and you play that all at once. You play the Lakers three times. You play those all at once.
1: Play the Clippers yeah. three times. You play Lakers and Clippers like all together. So you don't have to travel. That's why I'm thinking about teams that, you know, you're playing the teams closest to you the most, for the most part, in your division. Well, they they try to set that up now, yeah. Yeah, so, like, I, I get that, like, all right, that's a series, but is it still considered a series if, you know, you go to the East Coast, and so you play Boston twice right there, you play... You know, and how's that determined for Boston coming to Dallas? Yeah, so then
0: Boston plays like the Nuggets two times in Denver instead, right? Like, so I don't know if they'd be able to do yeah. the home and home. But and it, it technically it would only matter for home court advantage because you're not gonna have fans, right? Like, unless yeah. there's like a ge- geographical advantage there. Uh, it's it's not. You know, they did the home the and home thing where, the, where you play every team home and away once during the season. They did that so the fans could see everybody, but that's not going to necessarily be a thing for the whole season yeah. so yeah i don't know i don't know exactly how they're going to do this but i love the idea of that that series style just because of what you said you know making those rivalries and stuff like that so i thought that that was interesting okay um oh, the salary cap we mentioned that at the top of the show uh if the salary cap formula had stayed the exact same and they went off of the revenue from last year the salary cap this coming season would go down from 109 which is what last year's was to 90 million 90 million that's like remember the cap jump in 2016 where it went from uh what was it like 70 to like 90 right yeah that's the opposite of that the opposite of 2016 so instead of all these dudes getting overpaid we probably have all these dudes getting paid way less because no one would have space i mean i think no one would have space right no i don't think any single team would have cap space no that's no, they would. That'd be nuts. And then so many teams would be in the luxury tax. Would be wild. So it seems like they're going to try and just fudge the numbers and make the salary cap 109 again, which is what we've the, the number we've been operating. But I found that really interesting. That came from Woj today.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I'm just looking at, <laughs> I'm looking at the Mavericks cap sheet right now, and if it was legit 90 million next year, before Tim Hardaway opts in, <laughs> or Willie Cauley Stein opts in if he does. You're looking at eighty-seven point <laughs> eight million dollars guaranteed. So, <laughs> there you go, guys. You no, want I mean, you want a Cuban
0: to pay the tax for this team? He he would with that team.
1: So I don't no, I think the biggest thing, especially when you read into that story that Woj you know put out there for ESPN, was the players' union would fight that so hard because talking about being so unfair to this free agent class. And I know it's not very big, and it doesn't have a LeBron name or something like that. But I mean, that would just I mean, they would make zero money. I mean, they would just be coming back on these team-friendly deals, probably signing one-year deals, and it's like it would just be so unfair to them. So you can't put that on them. So, yeah, I think we're hoping that it'll land around that 109.
0: All right, let's hit this mock draft. We've been talking about it for a couple days. Um, All right, so Kevin O'Connor from The Ringer did a mock draft. He had James Wiseman going number one to the Hornets. They They had a trade up with the Timberwolves and gave them their 2021 pick unprotected, which I thought was kind of interesting. Hornets fans did not like it. Uh, Anthony Edwards went two to Golden State. Denny went three to Minnesota then. Lamello fell to the Bulls at four. Obi Toppin went to Cleveland at five. The Mavericks get Aaron Neesmith, one of our guys, one of our two guys we love to get. This was Kevin O'Connor's explanation. He said the Mavericks were stuck with Seth Curry defending Kawhi in the playoffs on far too many occasions. True. Neesmith could provide... Uh, another wing defender he's one of the best shooters in the class we're so down with this I mean oh yeah uh, Sadiq Bey went 16 to Portland but we're so down with Nismith going 18 to the Mavs
1: yeah I honestly think Neesmith goes much higher than this I I said we did a whole draft profile if you're just listening to this and you didn't listen to some of our draft profile like lumpings of uh, positions we did wing prospects at pick eighteen back last week. So go listen to that. We talk about Neesmith more there, but Neesmith is like my Tyler hero of this draft to where <laughs> I think people are going to fall in love with his shooting, and I think he's just going to go much higher. Like if he goes eight, nine, ten, you know, to where right now he's being projected, you know, yeah. fourteen through. He's the know, Cam Johnson. Somewhere. Yeah, I think he's going to go way up there somewhere. I think he goes higher than Sadiq Bay. I just think people are going to fall in love with the shooting numbers, and rightfully so. I mean, he's 6'6", 6'10", wingspan, shot at 52% from three last year. Dude can light it up, come off screens and everything. I would absolutely love him in Dallas. This is why going back to that Brad Townsend report that's talking about how Dallas is looking to move up into the lottery if you move up into the lottery, there you go. There's the team that could take Neesmith in the lottery. Yeah. <laughs> right there. Could guarantee, hopefully, maybe, depending on how high up you go, could help, you know, guarantee you a shot at Neesmith, um, you know, Sadiq Bay, whoever it is.
0: Yeah, but we'd be totally down with that. Be so interesting to see them get him uh there. Anything at the top of the draft interest you? I I, I don't know what to think about James Wiseman. I mean we didn't really get to see him in college too much. I just don't know about putting so many assets into a big man like that. Uh, for Charlotte, I guess it's fine, but I don't know. Yeah,
1: that's my whole thing is putting the assets in for him. Like If he is there for Charlotte, take him. It's a natural fit. You're You're going to suck for a while, so take him and have fun with it and see if he develops. But I don't know if I'm giving up future assets because Charlotte – newsflash they're gonna suck next year too so that pick is like you're gonna need that pick too like you you need shots at this to try to find these star players so and yeah Wiseman's just not that good enough in my opinion to give up that pick but you know I, I like Denny a lot so Denny going to Minnesota I think I think Minnesota should be considering Denny at one over Wiseman and 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 ball but and edwards all the I'm just, all these guys just i don't know about any of them man i've so, there's so many questions about all of them I, i'm just really turned off by edwards there's just something about yeah. him when i watch and everything i just i would just be so scared to take him in the top three it's
0: very like victor oladipo before he was good you know <laughs> that's what it feels like to me yeah uh all right there you go that's just a little quick draft update we will do some more draft stuff more draft profiles but there's just so much news we don't know what else is coming down the pike but uh guys we appreciate you listening to lockdown Mavs, and we'll be doing more draft stuff and more stuff tomorrow
1: peace out boom why did the rockets ultimately go with silas well the rockets did talk extensively with jeff van gundy kevin and you know ultimately i think from jeff van gundy's end there just wasn't a fit there about this, but Rihanna
0: just walked in front of me. Are you kidding me?